And this is 32nd Ward Alderman Scott Wagaspak. Uh, this is where I'll start, Alderman. Uh, the president of the CTA, Dorval Carter, met with uh, many aldermen at City Hall during the week. Uh, I will tell you, Alderman, uh, he was then, I'm sorry, uh, Cook County committee man, uh, Brandon Johnson, running for mayor, sitting right over there where I'm pointing. And we talked in detail about what he would do to make a difference, to make the CTA cleaner, to make the CTA safer, and to make the CTA more efficient. I take the CTA all the time. I don't know that it's any cleaner. I don't know that it's any safer. And I don't believe at all it's any more efficient. Can, can you comment on all that? Well, I would agree with you. Uh, that's what I brought up at the hearing was that the timeliness is still an issue. The cleanliness is still an issue. And, you know, we have a massive fiscal cliff coming up with it in 2026. And that's not just for the CTA, but regional, you know, with CTA, RTA issues where we're going to be close to $800 million short. And that really doesn't bode well for the system that's already not operating on time. And when you and I get on it, and I take the blue line pretty often, have a lot of travelers and people that come into the city and take the blue line. And it's, it's pretty awful. And I think that goes for a lot of the other ones as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's uh, a really bad situation that we find ourselves in, but um, we really have to stay on top of them. Well, well, it was made a point of that the CTA president took the train to this particular meeting at city hall it's been shown, I believe it was a Chicago Tribune story, that the board of the CTA greatly never takes public transportation at all. And and I do frequently, I take the red line, I take the blue line, I take several, and I take the buses all the time. Up, You know, when I, I, I do a fair amount of traveling, so imagine I'm coming in from O'Hare Airport. Here is someone, let's say, that is new to Chicago. And and they go down that escalator, they wait, uh, maybe they wait more time than they should or not for the blue line, and it smells like urine, and they get on the train, and there's a homeless person uh, that is sleeping there. No, no problem with the homeless people, but maybe that person is also smoking cigarettes, and uh, the train car may feel uncomfortable for that person, particularly who's a tourist, because there is someone who's homeless there. I mean, and I can go on and on. It seems that this was the case a couple of years ago. It was the case a couple of months ago. It is no different now. Yeah, and I think when you have somebody like Dorval Carter, and look, I, I called for his ouster last year. Um, we talked to some of the aldermen uh, right before that hearing and during the hearing, and many of us have said to different people within the administration, like, look, this is, this is a time for change. Um, and it really has to come – I mean, look – the alderman can say we want this person out or we want that team out. Um, there's a couple things with that. First of all, you got to find somebody who can replace him. And some of the people who were out there in the urban transportation, public transportation world, got picked up in other areas. You know, you'd almost have to bring somebody in from a, a, a different city or somewhere else to really fix the problem and look at it in a more global sense. Um, you know, when I've been to uh, probably like you, like a lot of your listeners, we've been traveling around the world and we use the transportation systems in other countries in Asia and Europe. They're a lot better. They're more well-run. They do subsidize those um, systems, but you know they've got people that are really committed to doing it. I think here, um, I've also talked to the governor's uh, folks and I've said, look, you know, this, it's really a time for change, but that change has to come from the governor and the mayor because they control that board and the vote to get that person in there. 
Uh, so, all right. Uh, that, 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 you, so you mentioned transportation in other countries. How about other cities? I mean, I've been, yeah. as I'm sure you have been, to other cities as well. And then, if, if, like Washington, D.C., it's clean. It's uh, reasonably safe. I know they're having a safety issue in New York City. However, it is not like it is in Chicago. Uh, I don't know many people that would take the red line necessarily, you know, after 10 o'clock at night. I mean, we've we've what are we doing to fix this? I'm sure you asked them that question. I know you did. You wrote about it in your newsletter, which this demonstrates I read, if nothing else. So what what is happening? Is there going to be I don't care about a change of individuals is there going to be a change when we actually take the train and as you point out if there isn't then more people aren't going to take it which is an issue anyway because more people are working from home so if it's not comfortable to take then we are you're talking about the shortfall but that means down the road we could have fewer trains and more problems right and i think this is where you know, a really good leader of a system would be able to get through this time with at least having the clean trains. And I think when you run into crisis mode, it kind of exposes certain people and their inability to lead. And I think it's that's what it's done to Dorval Carter. I think the the important thing here is if you can't run the trains on time all the time or the buses, they have to be at least clean. And that's the bare minimum. I just don't understand what their system is here that is different than those other cities that we're talking about anywhere in the world that you walk on one of their trains and they're clean from the from the point of origin. And you can't tell me that we can't find people to clean those trains when you're sitting at O'Hare for that next train that's ready to go out and a tourist or a business person or somebody coming home from somewhere else can't get onto a clean train. Um, so, yeah, I think he's been really exposed as incapable of leading in a crisis, and it's really uh, incumbent upon the governor to step in now as well. Because, you know, you were saying, um, and I don't recall exactly what uh, Mayor Johnson said when he was speaking to you, you know, and engaging about this issue, but I can imagine it was, I'm going to come in and clean house. Yes. Um, and that's really what needs to happen, and it hasn't happened. And he, in fact, I don't think the mayor's weighed in at all since he came in, unless he's spoken to you or, or no, somebody else. No, I, I've never heard him since he's been mayor. And, uh, you yeah. know, I understand, Mayor Johnson, you have a lot on your plate. That's an understatement. Having said that, I've not heard him talk about the CTA, but having said that, I don't know that many of my colleagues, reporters, have asked him about it either. Uh, not in the press conferences I've watched. Um, I think we've been moving from crisis to crisis each week, a new crisis each week that has even been hard for aldermen to keep up with because, you know, by the time you're on to the next issue that they either, uh, I, I would say, create an unforced error with, uh, you're on to the next one the next week. So I, I think people in this city have become so frustrated with the, the lack of uh, capability here that it's, you know, the frustration level has reached a higher point. Um, so I've several texts here. I'm trying to choose the ones I could read that have language in it. I could read on the radio, to be honest, all of it. So I'll read one. The mayor doesn't care. Then there's some expletives about anything unless it benefits the teachers union. And similarly, uh, again, the bottom line, what is it for you as far as the future, immediate future, I believe, is meant here about the CTA? Can you comment about yeah. both those things? 
Yeah, look, I I don't think I'm getting movement from the mayor's office. That's why I went to the governor's office. And I told them, look, you you guys are just starting the conversation with the General Assembly about this fiscal cliff. I don't want to see another downgrade in the city of our of our finances, but that's already what's happened there. I think the big move that the governor can make is to say, just like the migrant crisis, look at, look at a few things he's had to do there. Step into this one and say the time is now for Dorval Carter to move on to some other job, and it's not the president of the CTA. Um, I don't think we have time to waste. We have a DNC convention coming. That's going to be an embarrassment if we've got people coming in from all over the U.S. And, you know, frankly, it wouldn't matter to me if it was RNC or DNC, whoever's coming in this city. Um, you can't claim to be a global city if you have what we have with the public transportation system. So I think the time is now to step it up to the governor's office and say removal is necessary. Do we have to step it up to the governor's office because the mayor isn't doing what he is supposed to do? Yeah, I think, um, you know, look, the board has to see this, too. Uh, You know, we need transportation people on the board. We can't have people with inexperience on it. Um, we, we need people who are going to get in there, um, really look at it from a public transportation perspective, not just, you know, sometimes they have, a, uh, pastors on there and I think they bring a nice human aspect to it, but we need experts in there and you can, and there are plenty of experts in the city who have been doing a good job of, um, critiquing the system, not criticizing, but critiquing it and what needs to change. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about, so let's get to it. One topic I want to talk to you about is those uh, posters, or whatever you call them, the flyers that have been put on cars that are anti-Semitic. It's happening here and there around the city, in particular in your ward. The question is, it's a hate crime. Are we catching any of these people? No, Steve, we're actually not. Uh, you know, the people who are doing this, they've been caught on camera, but they are, uh, to be honest, they're just covered in completely, you know, black face masks, wearing gloves, things like that. And they're doing it pretty quickly in the middle of the night. So, uh, you know, the police are working on it, but um, we've been coordinating with the Chicago Commission on Human Relations, which handles a lot of these issues. You know, we talked to uh you know, look at the what the FBI is doing in terms of checking out these hate crimes. There's a lot of people investigating. I, I don't know where it's going to end up, but the, the point is that we've seen a huge increase, not just in our city, but across the United States of hate incidents or hate crimes. And, it you know, it's not just anti-Semitic. It's Islamophobic. It's um, It has to do with religion, ethnicity, all sorts of things that we've seen a huge uptick in over the last several years, and we're just trying to put a stop to it. I love these two questions that came in, and I'm going to combine them, the text questions from listeners, uh, because it's something else I talked to Brandon Johnson about. Uh, This city used to be called by many people the cleanest big city maybe in the world, or one of them, and certainly in the United States. I, I asked the now Mayor Johnson, about that. I said, uh, are we going to make a difference here? Uh, and these questions come from people that say, I, I'm driving into the city. It's been a while since I've driven into the city. They're commenting on graffiti and garbage all over the city that maybe wasn't here 10 years ago, uh, or at least that's their memory, and I understand that. Can you, It's not something that's talked about a lot. He is established, or he has a department of the environment or some such thing, or brought it back. Can you comment on that? 
Well, yeah, they brought back the Department of Environment, but it's a shell of what it used to be under Mayor Daley and then into um, before Rom cut it. But, you know, I think uh, the cleanliness issue is something that's kind of bothered me as an alderman for a long time. And we work with our neighborhood organizations quite closely to do cleanups, um, work with our park groups. Um, I run a community service program out of my office, um, you know, every week where we have people that we go to court and we say, hey, give us guys with misdemeanors, maybe a felony or something like that. And we actually put them to work on doing community cleanup uh, every weekend, whether it's picking weeds, uh, picking up garbage on the side of the roads or the viaducts, things like that. So for me, it's a huge issue. And I hate to see I hate to see these things out there. you know, but it's also we talk to our businesses and say, hey, you guys can help clean up, too. There's a lot of things that everybody can do to, to weigh in. But it's something that I think as a mayor, uh, you really have to jump in and, and lead the way on. And he's not talked about this very much, to my knowledge, since he was actually, not at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, migrant issue. Uh, in my view, uh, whether they should be here or not, that's another conversation for another day. They are here. And it is ridiculous that they're not allowed to work. And local government blames state government that blames national government that blames state government that blames local government. I don't know who is at fault here. Paul Vallis says that because we are a a homeland or whatever it is, community, a I, I forget the term for it, but Chicago can make its own decisions and give at least temporary status to these individuals. Others say, oh, well, maybe that's not true. I have talked to a restaurateur who has hired now, and I've, I've been involved in all this, actually, six, just six, but six individuals who he said are his hardest workers that he's ever had. And he is so impressed with the work they're doing. Now, they're, they, they don't have established citizenry. It may be legal. It may not be legal. It's somewhere in between all that. But he's taken a stand to do what I believe Home rule, by the way, is the term. Thank you for the texter who reminded me. Uh, but he is doing the right thing, in my view. Uh, and th- these six lives are now forever changed. At least these people have a chance. Can you comment on this and where we are with that? Well, I think going back a couple hundred years, we can look and see the immigrants that have come to the city for that whole time and even further back have worked their butts off to make themselves uh, a better life. And so I think that we owe that to every person that's coming here, um, whether they have a family or not. And I think working with the federal government to try to get a, a better sense of what, how we can do that is important. You know, we can't, let, we can't just put it on the feds and say you're the only ones who have to deal with this. But, um, you know, so I think hiring people, look, I, for years when you would go to Home Depot, you would see somebody there that was um, trying to – you know, work, find work, things like that. And people have put them to work for years. So I don't, I've never had a problem with that. But I think what I do have a problem with is um, people getting into positions of leadership and fumbling the ball all the way through. And that's, you know, that's what we saw um, with the shelter system. That's what we saw with the death of that young child. Uh, I think it was John Carlos uh, Martinez, if I'm yes. not mistaken. So and, if I can jump in there, apparently there were warnings 
that the mayor's office completely ignored. Those are just, uh, I'm just following yep. printed reports. I don't know that that is true. However, I I've actually, yeah. I've, let me, I'm almost done. I've actually talked to people that have said, I wanted to volunteer to teach individuals English because I know Spanish and I've done this before. I wanted to volunteer my nursing or medical services and I've been told no. So can you jump in from there? Yeah, there's been pretty much a wall put up to kind of control the situation. Um, You know, I had one of the first shelters in my ward, and there was basically, you know, a very few people who could go into that shelter. Um, We observed it very closely. We had a good contact with the shelter uh, host, and they did a great job on it. But on these other ones where... You know, you had the 20, I think it was the uh, 25th ward that went and set it up and did their own thing and then said, no, people can't come in here. That was absolutely the wrong way to do it. And not, you know, it put other people in harm's way. They're still in harm's way. And leading to the death of a child is just abhorrent. And I I don't think we've had a single explanation or a, a hearing in a health committee as to what the situation was and what the situation is. No hearing whatsoever. And I can guarantee you that had this happened in any prior administration over the last three I've been in with Lightfoot, Emmanuel, or Daly, um, there would have been people banging down the doors to have a hearing trying to figure out what happened, and we've had absolutely nothing. Why not? Well, I, I think, you know, you can't get, um, you can't get the uh, committee chair to set something up. And I've, I've talked to a couple other aldermen on that committee and I've said, you guys, you know, can you call for hearings on this? Can you uh, call for a date for that meeting? And we can, we can go ahead and, you know, try to get this done. But we've got so many crises happening in the city all at once. Uh, it's really just become a, I, can, I guess, um, trying to figure out week to week what the next crisis is. Are some of these crises avoidable we have less than a minute left yeah i think a lot of them are unavoidable i mean uh unavoidable with this administration um no the i think look we need leadership that goes across the board we need leadership um not just in the mayor himself but throughout the whole system at city hall and we just don't have it we have a lot of people with inexperience running the fifth floor yes um that is one of our biggest problems in the city right now, and we've got to live through it for the next three years. Okay. Not mincing words. I appreciate that. From the 32nd no, Ward. I think, yeah, I go think ahead. you always come up with good ideas, Steve, and I, you know, I like to hear them. We try to implement them, and I think a lot of people in this city know what the right thing is to do, and we'll want to move forward on it. But we've got to work hard to keep this city afloat for the next three years. Are you ever going to run for mayor? <laughs> uh well, you know, I'm, I like keeping my eye on, on a lot of different things in the city, trying to make sure we're doing the right stuff. Um, I haven't thought about that, but, you know, I just want to make sure in the position I'm in now, just as an alderman, that I'm doing the right thing. I ask because common sense is always a good thing. Uh, alderman Scott Waggispack, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. You too.